good evening and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. After a very long day, um, I went out to the big city. Took a nice little excursion out to uh, Manhattan um, to uh, attend a screening at the New York City Independent Film Festival, um, which is not one of the big festivals. And I, and I prefer going to these smaller ones because these smaller ones can sometimes see talent that may not be, you know... When, when you look at, like, what's going on at Sundance, and it's like, you see the, the big movies that are there, it's like Emily the Criminal, and, like, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, and, you know, even, like, Coda had Marley Matlin in it, um, but, like, if you look at, like, you know, these movies, you don't see huge names, um, and you get to see people on the start of their career, and, and people who are beginning to, you know, move into, what's it called, move into their new, uh, what's it called, their new, their new, uh, positions that they may be getting, um, and, you know, I, I didn't go to that many screenings, because, you know, we had the, like, I, I think I was pretty transparent about this, uh, earlier in the year regarding the Cool Things budget, uh, the Cool Things budget, which is what I call the budget from the show to do cool things, is dependent on, on two major things, usually my tax refund, um, is, is a huge component of the Cool Things budget. And then on top of it, sales of the books and, you know, and ad traffic from the show. And ad traffic from the show and book sales are, are going great. Uh, tax refund uh, took a huge chunk out of what was anticipated because of switching jobs halfway. Well, not switching jobs. My job was the same all through the year, but my, um, what's it called? The person who was um, paying me switched from a recruiting agency to a, uh, to, to my employer, um, and as a result, my tax got all fucked up, um, so when I ended up doing my taxes, I ended up only getting back, like, a hundred bucks, which drastically reduced the amount of money on hand to do cool things with the cool things budget, and, you know, while there are events like this that I can go to, it is more beneficial to go to events like New York Comic Con, to be on the show floor and cover any news that comes out of, say, Lucasfilm Publishing or something like that. Not to degrade anyone that's involved with the film festivals. It's just, you know, if we have to... That's a sizable amount of the budget that gets set aside every year out of the gate before we get to anything else is, is the, the coverage of, you know, of New York Comic Con. And then we have to take the rest of the money and spread it around among the other events that are happening to, to do. So, like, you know, New York, Life... Um, covering life later this year, um, with, or next month actually is life, uh, Stony Brook Film Festival, uh, South, uh, the Hamptons, Doc Fest, I'm going to cover, um, so like, things like that, uh, but what ends up happening is you're just diluting out a much smaller pool, and, and, you know, while I wanted to attend three screenings today, um, that, that just wasn't, you know, that wasn't done, and it's not that, again, not that saying that having additional books sold would have made a substantial difference. The amount of books that would have needed to have been sold to have offset the loss would have been around, I would say around 500 more than we've ever sold in a calendar year, um, which is a lot. Um, but if you want to support the show and have us do other cool things, you can always buy some of the books. Like, I guess, released Temple Outside of Time, which just came out, you know, Swan Song, um, in the end, all of these, you know, books that I really like, they're all written in screenplay format, you can go pick them up, 
But, you know, the more we sell, the more cool things we get to do on the show. Um, so, why does this road seem like it's in fucking, like, a dirt road in upstate New York? I'm in the middle of fucking Queens. Because um, what I do is I, I park, you know. It's, it's cheaper to park in Queens and then take the bus and the subway uh, than it is to park in, um, in Manhattan and mortgage your house or lose a limb to park your car for three hours. Um, so, I went to the Narrative Shorts uh, screening was the one I went to. Um, Narrative 15, I think is what it was called when I, um, what's it called? When I picked, uh, when I picked it out. Now, in this block, there are three primary, uh, there are three shorts that were shown. Um, we're just going to go in order of how they were released. Um, I, I, and I'm not going to be critical. Um, and I talked about this with someone before I went to the festival, um, about this, where it's being hypercritical like I am with, say, Lightyear, um, or like Jurassic World Dominion or anything like that doesn't necessarily help, uh, if you're a voiceless guy on a podcast, or a, a faceless guy on a podcast who's just going out there and just shitting on something, doesn't exactly help or, or make people, you know, who does it, who does it help, um, so I'm, just, I'm going to be positive, that's what I'm going to do here, I'm just going to say what I liked about all of these shorts, so the first one was Cloud Cuckoo Country, um, which was a Thai film, um, as in from Thailand, and, um, it's a story of these two, um, these two women who were formerly in a relationship, but had broken up, and then they reconnect, um, years later, one has become a journalist, the other has become a, uh, what's it called, the other is engaged to be married, and they're on opposite sides of a, what's it called, uh, they're on opposite sides of the, uh, the political spectrum, um, and they, this division is the entire conflict of the story. It is this, this woman, uh, the one woman who is a journalist is, is more liberal, and the woman who is, uh, who is engaged to be married is more conservative, and I, I think the story is really interesting. Um, my, my, the only issue I had with it was not an issue with the movie, it was an issue with me, and, um, like, not knowing what was going on in Thailand. Um, and the thing is, a lot of the, a lot of the, the translations translate to contemporary things in American, I don't, in like American government, uh, and American politics as we see them now. I don't know how much of that is accurate, um, or if it's contextualized for a Western audience, um, but that's not the movie's fault. That's, that's me not knowing what's going on in, in the government and, and, and the politics of Thailand to be able to say that, what what's happening there, and all of that, um, I really like the way the director, I, I really should have written her name down, um, I didn't do that for anyone, um, and I, uh, I, I apologize for that, um, but the director, um, of this short did an excellent job of taking these national landmarks in, uh, what's it called, these national landmarks in, uh, in, in Taiwan, and turning them into almost characters in the story that help push along the, what's it called? Push along the plot and help to illustrate, you know, the, the militaristic history and, and all of that that goes into this debate. The, the fact that, you know, the movie does a great job of kind of 
painting the picture for audiences who are unfamiliar of what happened in in Thailand with coups and with you know and and, and with uh, revolutionaries and all that kind of stuff. However, it doesn't like it. It does it, it, the way that it portrays the 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 government and and the the cultural uh, um, impact points um, also adds to that, where you get these massive. Uh, like displays of, of you know nationalism to an extent, um, and, and, and all of that. Um, the the dialogue feels organic between the two characters, and the 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 the, the woman who made the documentary. Uh, that was me mixing up. The woman who made the um, the short did a great job of making it look like you're watching a uh, what's it called? You're watching a documentary during the sequences where uh, they're showing off what these cultural significant points are, what these these items of historical significance are to Taiwan. And then they also explain it in a way that doesn't feel like they're hitting you over the head with exposition. Um, and I think that's a really important point too, where it's like, if these two characters are talking and it's like, and as you know, this is the blah, 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 like, or like this is the Ministry of Defense building, or like you know, as you know, where it's like it's very easy to fall into that kind of expository dialogue. Um, this woman who wrote and directed, and again, should have wrote her name down. I did not. That's entirely on me. Um, she does a great job of uh, showing off, you know, of telling this information to viewers who may not be 100% familiar with what it is, and doing it in a way that doesn't feel like it's hitting you over the head directly. With a uh, with, with exposition solely to to bring the, the the people who aren't from Thailand up to speed with information they need to know to understand why this is important um, because it's worked into the dialogue in in a natural way where it's like they're touring these facilities they're touring these museums and they're touring the, these government you know locations um, and it does it, it it's it's so well done. Um, and it wasn't until I had read about it after that I knew that the like when I when I'm watching the movie and, and this is what I'm talking about in terms of the, the translation and the subtitles um, when I when I was watching the movie I didn't know what this was but at the one of the words they use uh, right before the title card um, uh, I forgot the word exactly but. It's more of a slang term. Uh, and when they translated, they translated it to crazy conservative. And the the thing is, for an American audience to read that, it's going to automatically reframe the entire conversation. Um, but there isn't really a good way to articulate slang um, in that way for an audience outside of... Like, an, an, an audience from Thailand would know what that word means and know its, it's nuance. Like, it, it's like how idiomatic expressions, if you've ever taken a language class, like in high school or something, um, idiomatic expressions um, tend to not have literal translations. And if you take a literal transla- translation of an idiomatic expression, it's going to not make sense in the slightest. Or, like, even if we take, you know, English idiomatic expressions, they sometimes don't translate in a way that makes sense. So, like, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it is a figurative expression that doesn't literally mean we will cross that bridge when we get to it. And if you're someone who is reading a literal translation of that sentence and you say it in another language and then, and then you you, uh, you read a literal translation of it, it's like, what bridge? 
what does that mean? What is the point of saying that? Um, and it's that kind of thing where it's like, reading about it after gave me a little bit more context. But again, that's not the movie's fault. I would say that's more of a problem with my perception based on the translation. Um, but besides that, it's a great movie. I, I really I really enjoyed that one. Um, the second one was probably my favorite, um, only because it opened up this whole idea to me of like, this is a fantastic idea. Um, and it's a very short, it's, it's one of the micro shorts, uh, where it's under 10 minutes. And all it is, is it's this guy sitting in, in a dark room, eating Cheetos, and he's playing a video game. And the computer is telling him, all right, so you're, here's your target, you're going to kill the target. And the computer's talking to him, and it's like he's sitting in his, in his living room, you know, he, um, like playing go fish with his kids and his wife. And then it's like the, the guy bombs them from orbit. And it turns out it's not a video game. It is a, uh, it's a, what's it called? Like, it's, it's played like an arcade game. Like, if you go to Dave & Buster's and play any of the games, and it's like, you win, you get this many tickets, and you can use these tickets to get this nonsense. Like, it, it plays exactly like that, but it wraps... Like, it is something that I, I was watching. I'm like, you know what this feels like? And it, uh, it feels like um, Local 50... Local 58? Local 52? That, that, um, that YouTube channel with the creepy videos, it felt like that a little bit, where it's, there's something disarming about this, uh, or not disarming, but, like, just unsettling about the entire situation, where this person is, you know, they've privatized the drones, and, and they're using it as a video game to, to take on the enemies of the United States. I, I, I think that it's such a great idea, uh, and this is the kind of thing that if this was a trailer for a movie, and this was, run, like, more recently when I go to the movies, I see this trailer for this movie, Smile, and all it is is it's this woman walking into a hospital, she walks past this guy's room, and the guy is sitting at the edge of his bed, smiling, and and then she walks in, and she's, like, snapping in his face, and like, hey, excuse me, and he's just not responsive, and he's just sitting there smiling, and it's this 30-second spot, and it's, like, it's so interesting, because it piques your interest, and I feel the same way about this. It's such a great proof of concept that if I went to a movie theater... And they ran this before it. Because not only is it a cool idea, but it, it it comes up with this... There's this fantastic visual theme to the whole thing where it's very analog and it feels very, like... I don't know the exact word for it, but, like, uh, um, like cassette punk, I think, would be it. Because it's not diesel punk, but it feels like, you know, kind of cassette punk where it's, like, it's a VCR that's spinning out the tickets and all that kind of stuff. But... It, it's this idea that, like, you know, these these people are are doing that, and it's such a great idea. Like, it, it's the kind of thing that, like, if that happened, that would instantly jump to the top of my list of, holy shit, I want to keep an eye out for this movie list. Um, and and, I, and I, I, I hope that someone with some kind of financing in Hollywood can, can go to the person who made this movie and be like, hey, do you want to do a feature-length version of this? Like, can you do that? Because um, I would watch the fuck out of an entire movie of that. Like a political thriller, like a sci-fi political thriller kind of thing. Or like, it could, be, like, this is the kind of thing that I see this and I'm like, this, if this came out, would be the modern RoboCop. Like, RoboCop for the modern era. Like, alright, twat, well, let me in. Um... So, like, yeah, like, I think that that's a, a interesting movie 
that I would love to see uh, writ large into a feature. Or even if it was not even a feature, just like a short that kind of covers all the same kind of like, you know, like ground, that would be interesting too. Because um, I think you can do that in probably under 40 minutes, um, if not under an hour and a half. And I would be very interested to see a full-length version of that story. Um, and the same goes for the last one, um, Novel Romance. Um, and again, don't have any names. Should have written down names. Um, but it's, just, it's, a, it's a pretty concise little story, and it's very self-contained, very short and very small. Um, this girl goes to a, a, a second-hand book location, and the only reason that I know about this place is because I watched that documentary on booksellers that premiered at the New York Film Festival a few years ago. Um, and they go to, she goes to that, that little thing, picks up a second-hand book and brings it back home with her roommate and goes, I got a new one for the, for the book collection, but this one is special. I already have this book, but this one has a, um, what's it called? It has a note in it from the previous entry. And what happens is the girl and her roommate speculate about what happened in the relationship that led to this book ending up in this, what's it called, in, in this, uh, uh, in this person, in, in this secondhand book repro- repository. Um, and then it's them thinking about what happened that would lead to this person donating this book with this note inside it because of who the, because of what the note is. It's this note of like, it's a love note. And, it's, and, you know, the roommate's like, look, if it's a love note and she donated the book, then it didn't have sentimental value, which means the guy left her or the guy cheated on her or whatever. So the two of them start going through various, you know, scenarios in their head. Like, oh, the guy cheated and she kicked him out. Or it's like, you know, oh, he met, she went to get a new job and he, he left the book on the train when he was going to um, bring it to her. And it's this, it's an interesting little self-contained thing about what could have happened to lead to this book ending up on there. And it's the kind of thing that, like, it, it makes you kind of think, like, well, I don't have all the facts. I have some of the facts. Let me just figure out what I, like, what, what could this be? And then in the end, you see what actually happened. Because the two stop talking, they go their separate ways, and then you see, again, the girl and the boy once again talking, and it's, you know, the girl accidentally donated it. She totally did it on accident, and the guy got her a new version of the book and proposed it. It's such a cute story, uh, and it's very well done. The acting's all great from from uh, everyone involved, um, and uh, the, all three of these shorts are fantastic. Um, so, um, so yeah. So I think we'll wrap up there for today um, with the three shorts out of the New York City Independent Film Festival, which. Um, if you haven't been, um, and, and I mean, it's, it's already almost over. I think tomorrow's the last day, but if, if you haven't been, it, it's worth it to go and check it out. Uh, it's in this, you know, this, this little club, um, where you're, you know, it's got a little bar and, uh, they got three theaters. It's very small, intimate setting and, and it's, it's very much worth, um, what's it called? Very much worth your time. If you like independent films, if you want to see people, you know, make movies for the for the love of making movies and, and tell stories for the love of telling stories and something like this is for you um, and, and it's, it's reasonably cheap um, it was sixteen fifty per screening um, I think tickets at the door were slightly cheaper because you have to pay a convenience fee for the online or, you, or the, the fee for PayPal online but 
it's it's so worth your time to to check this out. Um, and they are, uh, yeah, they're they're wrapping up for this year, but next year it will be again in June. Um, so uh, so yeah, so we'll wrap up there for today. We'll be back with uh, Miss Marvel. I will do a Miss Marvel episode two review um, probably tomorrow morning, if not tomorrow morning, then Monday evening because. Um, I am uh, a very busy person, um, and tomorrow's Father's Day. Um, So, until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.